0: Following is a recording of a sermon given at All Saints Lutheran Church in Ottawa, Canada. For additional messages and more information, visit allsaintslutheran.ca. We're continuing our series on on the end times, and uh, this is the second time when Robin came up to do the kids' message. That I was thinking maybe people are going to think that we coordinated what we're going to say. I don't think Robin knew I was going to be speaking on the parable of the talents, and what she was sharing goes very much along with with the teaching that's found there. I think that happened again last week as well. Um, so we have not been uh, we have not been conspiring. I don't know if we realize how much these parables that we've been looking at last week and and this week are all in answer to the question by the disciples about when would the destruction of the temple be and what will be the sign of your coming? And so this whole section in Matthew 24 and 25 deals with the preparation of God's people for both those events, the destruction of the temple and his coming. And so these are end times or last days passages. And as I've been explaining that according to the scriptures, the end times of the last days is the time period between Jesus' first coming and his return. That there's a certain posture that we're supposed to have, a certain expectation. There's a certain way of living that we are to be living, understanding that the Lord may come back any time, and at a time when we do not expect. I was taught... Uh, Early on as as a new believer and then in Bible school, that the way we were to interpret the Bible, and I still believe this, is we must let the clear interpret the unclear. Let the clear interpret the unclear. And so Jesus is very clear. We do not know the time of his coming. And so we should be very we should beware of those who are who think they can tell us. What we do know and what is clear is that there is a way that we're supposed to be living and that's what we need to pay attention to. And so let's look at that section that was just read for us. It's verses 14 through 30 of Matthew 25, the parable of the talents. Verse 14, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. And so the master had... Some, he owned things. Uh, in particular, he's going to be expressing the, the value of his property through what we would now call money um, by entrusting these things to three of his servants. Verse 15: To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. So, talents was a weight of silver. And you were able to use actual silver in those days to trade for other things so talent is the word to describe a particular weight of silver and this is actually where we get the other english word talent so now when we talk about having talents we are talking about abilities that we have or we might think we don't have but talents are thought of as abilities And that meaning of the English word talent, ability, comes from this parable where originally it was talking about talents as silver, a certain weight of silver. Notice he gives various talents to each of these three servants and each according to his ability. The master understands the ability of each of his servants, He gave five to the one that he knew could deal with five. He gave one to the one he knew could deal with one. No shame in that. That's a wise, a wise master, a wise boss, a wise supervisor gives responsibilities according to people's abilities. And seeing that this is a reflection of God, we know that God apportions abilities to his people, uh, uh, um, like uh, sorry talents according to our ability to, to use them. God knows what he's doing. And then the master goes away, which is indicative of the fact that Jesus is preparing his disciples that he's, he's going away. And the implication is he's not coming back that soon. And we've seen this already in the other parables, that much of this is to prepare God's people for the long haul. Don't be offended or put off or discouraged by the fact that it's taken a while for the Lord to return. Especially, do not be distracted. Verses 16 through 23. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them and he made five talents more. So also, he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, again there it is again, the expectation the master would be away for a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who would receive the five talents, came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, um, and he also, sorry, and he also who had... The two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I've made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Notice noticed the one who had five, the one who had two. He doubled his five. The other doubled his two. The response of the master was the same. There was not greater accolades given to the one who had more. Yay, 10. He didn't win employee of the month because he ended up with more talents than the one who originally had two. They did exactly what the master had desired according to their ability. They multiplied that which they were given and they received the exact same response from the master. It doesn't matter how much you have. It matters how much you do with what you have that 's what counts, and that is uh, emphasized by what happens with the one who had one verse twenty four he also had received he having trouble he also who had received the one talent came forward saying, "Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed, so I was afraid, and I went, and I hid your talent in the ground here." You have what is yours. How many of us track with this particular servant? He was concerned that he wouldn't lose the one. And so he hid away for safekeeping and restored it back to the master upon his return. Many of us believe that this person did a good job. Could he have done a better job? Sure, but at least he didn't lose what he had. Yay? No, not yay. Bad. Very, very bad. He was afraid, and see, he was afraid because he understood something about the master. It's described as re- as he was a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. And I don't know if this was an expression or if it means it literally, uh, it, it's, it seemed that he knew that his boss had a way of getting what he wanted. He just knew, he, knew, however it would go, he would get what he wanted. Maybe you know own, owners of businesses like that, people like that. They're just, they one way or another, they're going to get what they want. And so you better watch it. When you work for someone like that, they're going to get what they want. And so the servant was, was concerned and he thought he did the right thing. Verse 26, but his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I've not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. In the story, Jesus affirms the servant's assessment of his master. And there's an implication there that that's a problem that many of us have with God. God gets what he wants. I don't understand how God works. He is, he is the supreme force of all, of all the universe, and he's going to get his way. I can't trick him. I can't fool him. I better want... Now, most people aren't concerned about God at all, and that's a whole other problem, but, but on one hand, this, he got it right. And it drove him to a particular kind of behavior. And Jesus agrees with with that in the story. But not with what he did with what he knew. Verse 27. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming I would have received what was mine with interest. You should have done something. Not just hide it away for safekeeping. You should have risked it. Now, we don't have the part of the story if if they would have actually come back with less. We don't know. We don't know if the master would have said, well, at least you tried. We don't know. And maybe it's important that we don't know. Because for those of us who are afraid of losing what we've got, you knowing that, oh, it would be okay if you lose it, that might end, result in, again, a wrong kind of, of response And remember, these parables are stories that are seeking to make a point. They're not overly technical, about that we need to understand each and every detail. The point is clear, that the one who was afraid of losing the little bit that he was entrusted, and took effort to preserve it because he didn't want to lose it, he got seriously told off. Verse 28, so take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who is not, even what he has will be taken away. And look what happens to him. In verse 30, and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is another hell passage. We saw that last time with the people who were not prepared, who weren't paying attention for when the master would arrive. They got distracted. They were shut out. And now here we have the servant who thought he was doing the right thing. He was careful. He preserved the master's property and delivered it back to him. And he's thrown into the outer darkness. Well, there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The result of giving in to fear is loss. And those of us who live according to our fear and believe that being careful because we're afraid is better than risking our lives due to faith, we're in big trouble. Jesus is warning us, use what's been entrusted to you by God. Now, don't fret over what you don't have. Now that we talk about these abilities as talents, we often look at other people. You know, we don't, I, I can't sing like them. I can't write like them. I'm not even good at serving like that person. I don't have the energy that that person has uh, they seem to have more, uh, they seem to live in a different time clock than me. Everything I try to do takes longer, and they seem to be able to do 50 things at once. Those are talents that people have. Don't look at other people and compare yourself to them. Remember, the two who resulted in two more got the same reward as the five resulted in five more. God doesn't care how much you've got, He only cares that you use what He's given to you. Now, we should learn skills. If we have the ability to sing, perhaps we should take singing lessons or guitar lessons. Maybe I'm talking to myself right now. Whatever it is, just because you have the raw ability, the raw talent, uh, maybe you should do something with it. Also, just because you seem to have an ability, that doesn't mean that's something that God wants you to use. We're called into a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. We need to be talking to God and hearing from him as we're talking. We're to to live. But we're called to give of ourselves. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Not the other person's. So whatever amount of strength you have, whatever you've got to give, offer it to the Lord. What that's going to look like, be careful of people telling you what that should be. Seek God. It doesn't matter what stage of life you're at. Whether a child has something to give. Like the little drummer boy. Or you're nearing the end of your life. Which of course some of us could be today and we're not expecting it. Which is why we really need to pay attention. But we may not have the energy that we used to have. We may not have the ability. We may not be able to play the piano anymore. Maybe we're not able to sing like we used to. But what do you have? What do you have to offer If your talent is buried and has been buried, perhaps not perhaps, dig it out. Don't leave it there. It's possible that some of us, you know, some of us have been taught that it's better to not. It's better to not try than to fail. We've been taught that uh, there's a value. Whatever you do, don't ever make a fool of yourself. Where's that in the Bible? It's the opposite. We need to be willing to be fools. And if that's a problem for you, my pastorally advice to you is get over it. Do something. And especially if it's that thing that you know that God's entrusted you with, you're always afraid to try. And I'm not saying um, go make your... Go tr- make a record album. I'm not saying that. I don't know what that's supposed to look like. At least tell God that you're willing. Our church community needs help. Starting next week, and we don't know if it's going to continue right away, week after week, but starting next week, we're going to be introducing a kids' church. Like, it's going to be a kids' church service. That's going to be in the second half of our regular service, where the children will have their own time, uh, apart from us, it's going to be different from Sunday school in that ev- all the children will be together. Robin will be leading that next week. And we're looking for both teachers and helpers to help us do that. Maybe that's you. It's okay if it's not you. There's other things that we need. I need help. I need help with music. I need help with the, the technical sides of things. There's a lot of stuff I do behind the scenes that you may or may not uh, be aware of. I would love to give that to other people to do so that I could do other things that maybe are more important for me to do. I need help. Maybe you can help. But don't feel, don't feel pressured because God knows. And if he's calling you to use your talents as part of the church community, fine. If not, fine. But ask him. Speak to him and listen. And see how God wants you to use your talents as little or as much as you have for him in these interesting days we're in let's pray our father we thank you for not only your great love allowing us to live is remarkable in its in itself that you forgive us that you want personal relationship with us is beyond comprehension And then you call us to serve you in the world, to represent you in the world, to make a difference in the world with whatever little or much you've given us. Please help us, Lord, to know what that is in each of our lives, that we might use our talents for your glory and that we would one day hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant, You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. For additional messages and more information, please visit us on the web at allsaintslutheran.ca.